Hi, I'm Miranda Plant. I'm an actor, a filmmaker, and a mom, and I live in Tribeca in NYC. I've played over a hundred characters on stage, in television, and voiceover. But I've also played a few in my personal life as well. Join me as we explore all the different roles I've taken in life and in art. Back in 2015, I was in my second year of grad school at the Actor Studio Drama School. And there had been a lot of uh, excitement around auditioning for all of the great festivals in the United States because, you know, we were in grad school, we're working on our craft very intensely. Uh, and and now now's the time, right? Now's the time to apply to Williamstown Theater Festival and Anunnaki Playhouse, you know, all these things. So as me and my friends are auditioning for different regional theaters around the country, uh, I became aware last minute about auditions for the Great River Shakespeare Festival. It takes place in Winona, Minnesota. And uh, yeah, I, I submitted a tape. At the time, I, I submitted a couple of monologues that I had used for my grad school auditions, one of which was Helen from All's Wells That Ends Well, and another one was Cleopatra from Antony and Cleopatra. I put those on tape. I, I had been working on those pieces specifically for such a long time. The interesting thing about that was I had been working on them independently, meaning I'd been working with a coach, but not necessarily a Shakespeare coach. So in the Cleopatra monologue, I was making some pronunciation mistakes that I wasn't even aware about, um, which which affected the pentameter. Anyway, I, I was still pouring I was still pouring all the all the juice into it, all the acting into it, um, and I got called back for the Great River Shakespeare Festival. And then I submitted again. I did a I did another round of auditions and then I got accepted into the apprentice program. And that was a three month internship at the theater. And I'd done regional theater before, so I had an idea of what to expect. But of course, I'd never done it in the middle of the United States. You know, back home when I did it, I was I was still like a drive away from from my parents or my boyfriend. Like everything was still relatively close. But this was the furthest I think I'd ever been away from from family and performing for three months. I was so nervous. I don't know why I was so nervous, but I I just, I couldn't even imagine being away from my husband. He was my husband at the time for three months. So we went out for like a nice dinner before we, before we left and I probably had too much to drink or I could have just been really, really friggin' nervous. But I get on this plane to Winona, Minnesota and I get off the plane and they've arranged for um, one of the members of the community because one of the incredible things about the Great River Shakespeare Festival is the entire community rallies around this theater and they have volunteers, like many, like dozens of volunteers who do so much for the actors, which I'll talk about. But one of the ways in which they help is they have people who go to drive to pick up the actors and bring them back to where the festival is. So I had one lovely woman in her, you know, Range Rover come and pick me up, bright yellow. And 
I was making small talk with her, but I was feeling increasingly more and more nervous. I mean, we're driving and I don't know where we're going. Um, For some reason, that kind of freaks me out. Um, Long car rides. I don't know why, but they just kind of freak me out a little bit. So here we are. We're driving. I have no idea where we're going. The sides of the mountains are just covered in these gorgeous trees. It, It was such a beautiful drive, but for whatever reason, I'm feeling more and more sick as the car keeps going. And then finally, I say to her, could we please pull over? I think I'm going to be sick. So we pull over and I puke all over the grass. And then she's like, well, why don't we stop and get you a drink or something at a gas station? So we go to this this gas station somewhere. I puke all over the side of the gas station and I get some more water. And then I'm humiliated because my first impression with this woman who's involved with a theater festival is that I'm like puking my brains out. The whole thing was like, it wasn't that big a deal, but it felt like you're ruining it. You're ruining your first impression, like keep it together. You know, was I hungover? Did I eat something bad or was I just nervous? I'll never know. Anyway, we got that out of our system. We get there and it's at the, the housing was at a, the university in Winona, which is great, right? It's like perfectly set up for uh, communal housing of lots of people. And the theater was, um, you know, about a 15-minute, the, the theater and the rehearsal spaces were about a 15-minute bike ride away. So I loved this. I love bike riding. I've always loved bike riding. I love the freedom of, of a bike. I love being the fresh air. I love how it feels to like, you know, pedal on the bike. I just, I love bicycles. I just like, I've always loved bicycles. I wish we do have a bike rat room in here in New York, but it costs too much money. I, there's no way that I'm like spending whatever it is. I think it's like $75 a, a month just to like use a bike room. The, the whole thing is too stupid. Besides people are going to steal your bike. I've got a million stories about how I've had so many bikes stolen. But anyway, I'm happy to use City Bike. City Bike works great. But anyway, while I was there, there was sort of a rumor like, oh, you know, you can go and buy a bike from uh, the, there's like a guy who, who sells bikes. <laughs> of course, we later learned that same guy who sells bikes also goes around the town and is like stealing bikes the whole time. So he steals the bikes and then he resells them to people. Anyway. I purchased um, for maybe 60 bucks this like beautiful purple bike that was super old and did a fine job. You know, I had it tuned up and I called her Viola and she was my bike. Um, Yeah. And I, I was, I was living with Deanna Prince, who I just love and uh, a couple of other people and, uh, we each each dorm room had a shared living space there were quarters for four people with their individual bedrooms and then a shared kitchen off of the living space and that was what each sort of dorm room dorm dorm enclosure was like two bathrooms um it was great it was really great um and it was really really tough we had to wake up really early in the morning and do our classes and in the classes we were learning about how to table read for Shakespeare. We would look at, you know, first folio, second folio, um, various uh, editions, and, you know, basically count, count out the pentameter uh, to fit the iambic meter. 
and uh, also to you know make sense of the of the language. I mean, I I think I'd always thought Shakespeare was really hard, <laughs> and for good reason. There is a lot of translation that needs to take place, so it's very important to do the table work. But what I also learned while working at Great River was what you do collectively as a as a team putting on a Shakespeare play is you decide together your interpretation of the script. Obviously, there are interpretations that are universally known, but some things are still left up into interpretation. It's not um, 100% clear what Shakespeare meant at the time. And some of the references are so archaic that you do have to make sense of them and do a little bit of you know sleuthing around. So in the mornings, we would work on our script, which was King John. And then you would go to rehearsal and you would understudy whichever production you were understudying. And then in the afternoon, evening, you would go into your rehearsals when the time came. And then in the evening, you would either have more rehearsals or you could go home to practice your lines and and get ready. The way that they, so I should say, I had just come from off the plane, you know, puking my guts out, being so embarrassing. And then we arrived at this main hall where we met the other actors. And I was just a little bit late because I had come, I think, a day later because uh, my school hadn't finished yet for the year. So I came one day late and that was the day of audition. So basically I went like right into auditions and I did my pieces. And, you know, here I am with what seemed to be a bunch of young actors, younger than me, but, you know, um, they seemed very keen and very knowledgeable in a way about Shakespeare that I was not. I was about 28 at this time. And I was a little bit, intimidated and nervous and I'm thinking okay so these are all superstars and I'll just like you know I'm just here to take whatever is given to me and you know like I'm just grateful for the experience you know uh and I was cast as Constance in King John which is the leading female role and I could tell that some of the other actors some of the other female actors specifically were kind of like oh I wanted that I wanted that which is a very normal thing for younger actors. When you're young, all you want is like the biggest part because then that proves that you're the best actor. That's not the case at all. Um, And I know that. And at the time I knew that too. I mean, they cast me as Constance because I think in my monologues, I demonstrated a a nurturance, you know, I think I do have kind of a, a nurturing quality to me. And that was appropriate for this this queen role, she's a mother, and in the story of King John, she loses her son, the the prince of France, to King John, who who kills him um, to be able to usurp the throne, which was rightly belonging to the French. But King John, English king, kills the the heir to the throne, the young prince, and you know usurps it. Um, so this was. Uh, this was really my first time playing a lead Shakespearean role. Um, and it seemed like a pretty cool platform to be able to do that. So I was really focused on doing a good job, putting in the time. You know, I think that that's why I became such good friends with Deanna Prince, who, who's continued to do a lot of work with Great River 
Shakespeare Festival. Um, she's an excellent actress, but she's also extremely hardworking. She introduced me to um, a bunch of books about Shakespeare that I hadn't known about, and we would run lines together. And she was also big into exercise. We would like exercise together, which was you know something I wasn't necessarily focused on doing. Um, we would cook together. I really loved. I loved spending time with Diana. That was such a special summer, summer for me. Um, so anyway, uh, look. So it was a ton of work and it was a ton of hard work. And then beyond that, we also had to help with the building of the sets, and we had to take down the sets. So the days were very, very, very long. This was a lot of daily hard work. The one thing that I can't seem to shake from all of these regional experiences is the fact that, um, you know, as much as there were some really good things that came from this experience, working with some of the best professors and directors in Shakespeare in the United States, um, that was really cool. Understudying professional actors who I really respected and admired, you know, Getting to work on so many different texts at once was great. And then seeing the workings of a regional theater company, which, to be honest, are, are very similar no matter where you're working. You know, I, I think that they're, they're small communities. They tend to hire the same people over and over again because they like to work with them and because they trust them. I think in every group that certainly I've worked with, and this is not just about Great River. This is about every time I've done a regional show. There's always like relationships that pop up. Um, I've always been in a relationship with with my husband or at the time my boyfriend, but he, he was my husband while I was working in this project, Todd. So that was never an issue for me, but like there's always relationships that kind of like sprout up and they get in the way of the art. And it makes sense, right? Because the art is so... It, it, it requires you to use all of your senses. So of course, then you're playing a love story or you're, you know, even just working closely with other actors. And you kind of, I've seen people fall in love with other people's characters. And so like little romances start. And you know, the unusual thing is, I have mostly seen relationships like secret relationships start and the secret ones are the worst ones because of course that like takes it sucks so much energy out of a room it really it really gets in the way of the work but that's okay um these secret relationships happen and i've seen it with men who are in relationships who are engaged who are married i've only seen it with them engaging with single women who are in the productions but I'm sure that other things happen um and look I'm not necessarily saying it's bad because I think that's their that's their life that's their choices whatever but I think that the times when these secret relationships get dangerous is when other people get pulled into them so again I was in the in the tiers of this you know hierarchical system I was an apprentice. I was part. I was was part of the lowest rung on on this um, hierarchy, and I saw one of our student directors and you know one of the main stage actors come out of each other's rooms at an inopportune time, and they clearly were you know having a relationship. Whatever. I don't care, right? Like I was twenty eight and married. Like I don't care. I was really just there to learn how to do Shakespeare 
and and continue to you know learn to be how, how to be a better actor learn learn a new skill in a new genre for whatever reason this student director really decided to to like take it out on me so what happened next was she called me in for a private rehearsal at night which was unheard of because our hours were already so long so to do like a an evening rehearsal like a 7 to 9 or an 8 to 10 i mean that like that makes our days just like 16 hours long like that was too long but i was very obedient i you know really cared about the material and wanted to be a good shakespearean actor so when she called me in for an extra rehearsal i assumed that it was just because i was the lead in in this specific show and she specifically wanted to work with me on something um it's in the second act the way that we cut the show it was the top of the second act and Constance's uh, son has just been killed and she is upset and about to, to face uh, the other kings and, and tell them about how she's upset. Now, the brilliant way that Shakespeare writes his plays is that you don't really have to do any extraneous acting because all of it is in the text. Um, it's sort of like an opera, the way that, you know, you just have to, you don't need to act outside of the music. It's all in the music. Shakespeare is the same way. It's, it's all in the, the spoken word. The vowels that he uses, the consonants that he uses, those are where the emotions live. Um, that's how he chose the language. Uh, so she said, I want you to keen. And keening is like hands and knees howling, like moaning. The, it's Keening refers to a really deep, low, awful sound. And it seemed a bit much, to be honest. Um, But I said, like, I don't think that that's right, but I'm willing to try it. Like, you know, I'm I'm open. I'm willing to try anything. So we did it. She's like, yeah, I want you to really, really keen. And so... I just assumed that that's what the director had told her to do. Again, I had no idea why we had this like random one extra late night rehearsal where she did this. Um, but I, I did it and I knew in my intuition, I knew deep down that this was wrong. Um, yeah, she wanted me to keen. So I did. Um, and that was the top of act two. Every time we did at, you know, the second act, I... I had to reach extra deep and I had to, to keen before I spoke and it was, it was too much, right? It's like this awful, awful sound. And I think that it's already apparent in the speeches that she gives, like some of her best speeches, my favorite speeches were in that second act uh, where she starts to go crazy and lose her mind because of the loss of her son. You know, I, I felt, I, I tried to talk to the director but I didn't quite have the words to be able to say, like, am I doing this? Like, does this sound right? Um, he was a, a, a wonderful director, too, that gave us a lot of um, leeway to, to make a lot of choices and have a lot of flexibility. Anyway, the show went on. The show happened. Um, I really enjoyed doing it. And that was a really fun summer. <laughs> it, was, it was really hard being away from my husband for so long, for three months. Um, I wasn't sure that, you know, our marriage would make it because I wasn't able to call home very often. The days were so long and I was so exhausted. There was hardly much I was able to like converse about. And then I was also trying to navigate too, like standing up for myself, um, when, when I was challenged with something that, that just didn't feel right. 
a few years after that, um, I randomly saw her on the streets of New York and she was like extremely cold to me. And I think it's at that point when I realized like, yeah, she doesn't like you. She never liked you. And I bet you she told you to Keen because she knew that the, you know, directors and artistic directors hated that. And they, you know, it was sort of taking advantage of the fact that I'd gone to actor studio and that I was a method actor. And then, you know, combining those two things of, well, if you're a method actor, then you must be like overly dramatic or whatever else. That's not what the method is at all. The method is there are certain exercises to help you find authentic reactions if if you're unable to, to find them as you're working. You know, it's not like... It's not like you have to, if you're playing a drug addict, you become a drug addict. No, it's, it's if you're playing the Queen of France and you've lost your son and you don't know how to get into it, then there's techniques that can help you to use your own personal experiences to patch your honest reaction to a similar set of circumstances. Anyway, yeah, that was kind of a, an interesting experience. It was an interesting experience in what do you do when somebody tells you, to perform a certain way, but it feels wrong. My advice, <laughs> you stick up for yourself. You always stick up for yourself. If it doesn't feel right, there's probably a reason why it doesn't feel right. And it might take you a little while to be able to verbalize why that is, but you have to follow that. Because there's people out there who don't have your best interests at heart for stupid, selfish reasons. Luckily, none of it mattered. I mean, it might have been like slightly embarrassing at the time, but I still think that for the large part, I did great work in that show. I loved doing the work in that show. I loved utilizing the education that I had been given at the actor studio with, you know, in voice classes with Karina May and Linklater and applying that in real time to the text. I mean, that was like, ooh, it was so exciting. And it was such hard work. And that experience too was another one of not everyone's going to like you not everybody has to like you but just you know stick stick to what you stick to your own lane you know stick to your own work focus on the people who are there to support you like Deanna Prince was was a wonderful support and just focus on on telling the story it's really just all about the story and you don't need to be friends with everybody you know, when the show is over, you don't have to be friends with everybody. You really do have to practice self-care. And self-care in this case is really trusting your intuition. And you can't guarantee that everybody is going to have your best interest at heart. But if you continue to follow your intuition, you can make choices that you're proud of. And remember that you are bringing yourself to a character. And that expression is very important. If you if you truly are looking at the lines, the story, the character's arc, then you can pretty safely trust your intuition and collaborate. As an actor, you're not just supposed to follow the directions. You're supposed to have a, a voice and have an opinion. And if you're ever in a situation like that, please... I hope that you will take a minute, think about why it feels bad, stand up for yourself, and question it. And make sure that it's a collaboration, not just you're not a puppet being told what to do. 